0: Initiative 18, it is your turn.
1: What would you like to do? So, I actually have just one more spell slot left. I would like to cast Shatter. And I believe I have just enough range uh, to target the Patriarchy in that. All right, it has vulnerability. (laughs) And that is a 19 plus my bonus of 5. So, 24 to hit. Oh yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> Which is going to make people pissed because shatter is something they make a save again.
0: Welcome to DMs After Dark, everybody. We are doing an episode of Modified Roles today. And today, uh, you may have probably guessed, we are talking about gender gender roles and all of the fun and fantastic and complicated in-betweens as they exist in rpgs
1: uh rainy is three margaritas in so this is definitely going to be an interesting one margaritas (laughs) are gender neutral i i never said they weren't (laughs) just kidding
2: but yeah gender in rpgs i mean there's so much we could talk about honestly um
1: it's it's come a long way. Yeah, the
2: good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, I I would like to keep it focused on what's going well as RPGs mm-hmm. are developing. Where we are, I'm
0: sure. Yeah, any RPG or worth their salt who's been in it for a while can think of a multitude of things that've gone.
2: Yeah, on. and we're not yeah. we're not going to spend a whole episode. You know
0: where they done fucked up, y'all.
2: Yeah, we're not going to spend a whole episode talking about the mistakes that have been made, but we want to talk about the strides that have been made more than anything. I think. Um, or how to do well and there's well still work to be game. done. Yes.
0: And we're glad that some steps have been taken in the right direction. Yeah. Uh
2: but absolutely there's always more work to be done for sure. Um and I think that one of the first things you got to talk about is just representing gender identities and normalizing pronoun use and um just having genders represented in NPCs or what have you as your Promoting and uh developing these games as you're as you're putting games out, you have to consider you know obviously we talk about inclusivity games should be a place anyone can go to sit down at a table and feel like they're there, they're welcome, and they're there to play a game um and anything yeah. presumably should be relatively welcome in that game as far as gender goes, yeah. I would say I actually heard in a podcast recently somebody suggested that uh, on a lot of character sheets that you see in some of the bigger name games, it'll say things like name, gender, or what have you. You know what I mean? Name, male or female kind of thing. And should that just be replaced with pronoun or something like that? Uh, how do you guys feel about something like that? Is that too general or?
0: Uh, it depends very much is on fine. the game. Pronoun is fine. Gender is also fine. Yeah. I do like moving away from sex. It's yeah. less relevant. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't see why you couldn't use... Both.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Some of the um the wonderful things that exist in the in the broad diversity within the spectrum of gender is the way those things combine.
1: And and it's gonna be um it's gonna be different for every person. Um, like for example, on a broad spectrum, uh non-binary yeah. encompasses a huge wide variety of different pronouns that people use and feel comfortable with. Um and so, you know if you just have the gender line of just like non-binary, it's like, okay, well, that could be a lot of different pronouns. Let's specify. So I don't see any reason why mm-hmm.
2: either or both. Same with fluid, you know. gender fluid, you know, yes. um, what do you, what do you put down there?
3: I just bought it. I only read through it yesterday, but I believe that Wanderholm actually has that on their character sheet. It's just pronouns.
2: Yeah.
0: And there's also the simple well, elegance of just having a section for yeah. character details and you can fill in whatever you want that's relevant about your character.
2: <laughs> yeah, not having anything there is honestly just yeah, just, just as valid. Details. Yeah, Um because mm-hmm. honestly background. it shouldn't matter and I think that yeah. Sarah you said Background. Uh, background's a good one. Background is a very good one. Um yeah. Sarah, you mentioned that it's going to differ for everybody playing at the game every different player. Um but I also think that it's something that it might differ how it's presented in a game based on the genre of mm-hmm. that game or the tone or setting yeah. of that game, right? So something like a futuristic sci-fi game might not even bother with it because it's like, we've evolved past the point of thinking that this is even something to, you know... To consider. To consider, <laughs> yeah. Like, who cares, right? But if you're talking about something that we're going to talk about later, like a game that is a based in a his- historical setting... Well, then, there were clearly defined genders, and how much do you really want to portray believability over historical accuracy versus, you know, things like that? Um, And does it matter, even in those situations? And I think, not to cue you, but I think, Christian, you had a story about something similar to this, right?
3: Yeah. Uh, I think it, you know, I've run a lot of games and, and I know Sarah's going to talk a little bit later too about it within historical periods, uh, running Call of Cthulhu. And in one of the games that I ran and, and I've talked about this a lot, uh, it was, you know, 1890s Victorian England's, uh, detectives. And I had a crew, uh, a group of players, two women and a men and a male. And, um, You know, if you know anything about the 1890s, uh, it was not a very friendly period. (laughs) If you were a woman, you basically couldn't do anything, uh, anything at all. Uh, You know, there was literally female hysteria was a valid reason to be put into into a psych ward and locked away for like ever. Uh, So you can't necessarily be uh, be, you know. Historically accurate because that's not going to be a very fun game for the players that I have, right? Nor do I have any interest in being historically accurate because that would just suck. Uh, So I had um, I had a very you know in depth conversations when we we had character creation, and you know Sarah's here, so I'll pick on her. But she made Doctor Louisa Hudson, who we've heard about Doctor Louisa's you know adventures here and there throughout time. But you know, being a doctor in eighteen ninety one England was are not entirely unheard of but it was certainly not very common right yeah. and so we we settled on you know i think you, when you're making a historical game you have to you're playing in a historical period you have to make the decision of what level of accuracy do you want from you know kind of trying to be accurate to mixing it up a little bit and making nods to that accuracy or to just throwing it like entirely out the window you know and, and based upon the conversation we had we we settled on the middle one which is look we're going to we're going to have a little bit of that and we're going to, you know, but we're not going to make it like all about the game. And so as time went on and, and, and Sarah, you know, Dr. Luisa encountered people and said she was a doctor. She ran into some real chauvinist assholes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she also ran into people who thought it was great.
2: And I would like to jump in here. Amber, you've actually talked about this before, about Jess's first experience playing in her, one of her favorite middle grade series, where you... Took a approach, took an approach to this story that she loved, but you took a more modern based approach to the feminism within that series. So, like Christian, you're saying you're going to run into people who will represent the historically accurate time, but it's an opportunity to yeah. take a more modern approach,
3: like Amherty. deconstructive, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And you're all and,
0: playing characters char- are like yeah. player characters, are main characters. They're they're special yeah they're not necessarily like world-breaking groundbreaking power but they they their main characters because they're interesting mm-hmm. they're very yeah. interesting they can be very weird they can be very counterculture they can push back against things they can be mm-hmm. ahead of their time like their main yep. characters that's what main characters are supposed to do yeah
3: i like that yeah that's that's great even as a gm i mean there were times when it was hard and you know i'd actually messaged sarah after the game like you know dude i'm sorry did i go too far like let me know and, and you know to her credit you know she Told me I was good, but uh, no.
1: I I also knew going like we we had that conversation. You know, going back to our first episode talking about a session zero, we had that conversation very very early on because I was a character creation. I was like, oh, you know, like maybe I'll play a nurse or something. And it was either Christian or, or my good friend Mandy who was like, no, go the whole shebang, play a doctor, yeah. let it happen. Yep. And we knew from day one, it's like, yeah, this might come up, but like, it's not the point.
3: Nice. So
0: hmm. And that's something that's very important for um, GMs and players to remember, like if you're playing whatever game and it's in a historical setting, like just because the an RPG is presented a certain way or with certain rules doesn't mean you can't modify that. You can Thank and should modify so every game to your yeah. table and the kind of game you and your players agree that you want to play. If you want to play a game that strictly adheres to gender roles and believability and your players also want to do that do that like you can you can do that
3: and if you There's, want to throw it all out the window you can do the same exact thing and that. you know as why. long as
0: everybody and, knows and everybody agrees that's what's important
3: and, and you do not need the publisher's permission to do that right
0: yeah, yeah. Like the, the, the role-playing
3: game police are not going to kick your door down and drag you out in the middle of the night you're allowed to do that
2: the most important thing is that you and your table are on the same page and there to have a good yep. time you know what i mean
0: Yep, and everybody feels respected and safe. And you can and fee- you can be respected and safe playing a game that does strictly conform to vicious historical gender generals. Some people just like to explore that theme. They mm-hmm. like to Um, Do what ifs about what was that actually like? And valuable things can come from that. Like, wow, this is fucking awful. Like, that's a valuable thing to (laughs) learn and feel. (laughs) So
2: I feel like that's a good segue into the game that I specifically messaged everybody about earlier. Sarah, Uh I know you have a game that you're going to talk about as well.
1: I can talk about it later. Um, I know, I know. But
2: speaking of a game that does aim to be at least historically believable, and I did want to talk about this because I feel like it's one of those games that does something I have not seen a lot of games do which is approach gender as part of your character's abilities, right? Um, And (laughs) the mechanics are tied into the gender that you choose when you make your character. And the game I'm talking about is a Powered by the Apocalypse game. No surprise there coming from me. It is a Powered by the Apocalypse game by Gregor Vuga. Vuga. I hope I, I'm sorry for butchering your name. Guaranteed I did. But it is called Sagas of the Icelanders. And it is a game that pits your characters in roughly 900 AD as Norse uh, settlers and founders, not founders, but settlers of Iceland. Um, And part of the game, part of the mechanics of the game, is when you choose your gender in character creation, you have access to specific female or male moves, and based on your gender, you can choose from male or female specific role books and not deviate from that. Um, At least not in the rules as written, like we were just saying.
0: That's another example of a place where you could customize that after, uh, if you want to explore transgender people, you could see if you can take a rule book from each and put them together and see how that plays. Like you can do that. (laughs)
2: Right, but I'd like to talk to you guys about a game that's so intrinsically, it tries to do this gender role in a game Um, because it's something that I think that modern design is trying to avoid because of obviously the problematic nature of gender stereotypes in society and gender roles as they have been traditionally defined. And yet this is a game that is based in, you know, over a thousand years in our actual past. So therefore it's almost impossible to consider this game without the gender roles in a society like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess we should talk about- It's oh. also
0: trying to get you to recreate um, like an epic with some seriously ingrained fundamental tropes. Correct, so, Like yeah. trying to get your game yeah, to feel like an epic. Absolutely
3: where correct. Where, yep. yeah.
0: like, it's like the hero's journey. There are things that happen in basically all of them. Yeah, yeah. Some of mm-hmm. them are gender. It's like the
2: Etta, right? Like, yeah, there's going to be women who, and this is one of the female moves, goad a man into action. Like that is one of the female okay. moves. A man is going to be there to fight and be there to- Uphold his honor and accept physical challenges, these are the male moves, women are going to entice men, they're going to conceive children, and they are going to goad men into action. And those are not modern um, Mm -mm.
0: (laughs) definitions of what women do. Right, yeah. If you want to study epics, they're... They're certainly core tropes yeah, <laughs> yes. so, of literature from a certain period.
2: Yeah, so when we talk about gender in RPGs, it's actually interesting to visit a game like this, I think, um, that attempts to respectfully do something in a historically, and he uses the word believable over realistic and accurate mm-hmm. um, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, lens, which I think is the best way to phrase that, like we said, mm-hmm. you don't need permission to play a trans or non-binary character in this game. Um, but in the spirit of the Icelandic sagas, the Norse sagas, um, it could be very interesting to explore those gender roles in a way that as long as the table's on the same page, uh, that's I, th- I think it's just an interesting uh, foil to most of what we're going to talk about tonight.
1: And I do want to say, um, if you are interested in this game and also interested in Norse literature and want to see those tropes in a saga, I am going to recommend you, it's got a couple different names, so it's either the Saga of Gisli the Outlaw or the Saga of Gisli Sersen. It is so good. It is an incredible uh, saga. Um, And just by my brief looking over the specific male and female roles in Sagas of the Icelanders, Uh, The RPG, all of them are represented by characters in the Saga of Gizly the Outlaw, Um, so I highly, highly recommend giving it a look um, because it will help uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with Norse mythology and you know sagas. It'll give you a specific lens to see all of those tropes put into action. Also, it's just a really good read, and I love it.
2: (laughs) So um, that's an example of historically believable. Um and a way to approach historical gender roles in RPGs that I think is an interesting, um, interesting way to do it. Does anybody else, uh, Sarah? How about you talk about your uh, your game, which is <laughs> it's definitely gender um, charged. I don't know what's the word I would use. It I would
1: be. say it
3: plays a big part in it. Yeah. Uh,
1: so you know how uh it's never a surprise to anyone when Rainy talks about a pirate by the Apocalypse* game. Oh my God, Big Shock, what's happening? Sarah's talking
0: about Good Society Wait, again, what? guys. What? what? No way.
3: Wait, hey,
0: wow. no. what is this Good Society game? I'm sorry, Tell is there a Jane Austen
3: role-playing <laughs> game that we might play in the very near for, future?
1: For those of you that haven't listened to me spew my love for this game all over the world, Good Society is an indie RPG. Dice list could be run GM-less that puts you in the world of Jane Austen in Regency England. So one of the first things you do as you start the game. The game is literally basically built to have a session zero as part of the game. And there are questions that you go through as a group. One of them is how do we want to treat gender in this game? There are three options built in. One, standard Regency patriarchy. Two, flip the script and make it a matriarchy where all of the uh, titles and roles that would have been traditionally held by men in Regency England are now exclusively held by women. And three, turn it off, there are no gender roles, men and women and people of other gender identities all hold equal power. Gender does not dictate what you can and cannot do. And it's just not explored in this game. And basically gives you those three options that can almost completely change the world as how it is perceived. And that is, you know, for me, that's, it's interesting because it's a historical game, but gives you this option to change this major point of history And just goes, how do you want to handle it? Have fun.
0: Those are three options that you have in all your RPGs, folks. I want you to keep that in mind. That is a conversation you should have at the beginning of a game. And you can do what is interesting.
3: Right. I think that's basically the literally the best way to put it.
0: It's nice to see it acknowledged as such in writing. That's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. It's
2: really great that somebody codified it as part of the rules of their game. That's something that I would like to They make you
0: start with this choice. Like you have to decide this. (laughs) This is a conversation I'm making you have.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Story brewers are excellent. I'm sorry. They're amazing.
1: Um, I have played it both with the standard patriarchy and with the turn it off and there are no gender roles and both are incredibly excellent and create great storytelling uh it doesn't limit any of the creativity and drama and plot that you would expect from a standard game you know in a game where you have the patriarchy it might be the you know fighting against the patriarchy that's part mm-hmm. of the drama in the one I played where we just did the whole turn it off the drama was actually family against family which gave you a completely different thing but
0: it was still within that you know regency world speaking of that how the the theme the conflict came from a non-gendered place when you turn the gender off i'm thinking of invisible sun which is another game that we might be playing soon. invisible sun takes place in um it's it's a it's surrealist fantasy so it's really wacky and it's really out there but the the real world the actuality is a place where like gender race your corporeal form are basically completely irrelevant to the structure Mm. of society they're almost not things. They have virtually no meaning because you can be a sentient cloud if you want. And a lot of people are. (laughs) um, What does still exist is classism. Classism is very much still alive. um, And like that that conflict in economy and privilege as it pertains to wealth is still a thing that you have to fight against and explore. So it's interesting to see there are a multitude of conflicts that exist within existence. And when you turn one off, something else just rises to the top. And I think it's really interesting to see how, Turning something off allows you to shift the focus in an interesting way and really dig into something else. That's
3: great. Yeah, that's a great point. Because the interesting thing is, especially the thing when we played Good Society originally before we streamed it, and now when we stream it, everybody's going to get to see it again, is that it goes with this this theory that I've always had that like human beings are just like story-making machines anyway, and conflict-finding machines anyway. So if you just sit a bunch of people down and say, okay, this is what we're going to make, and these are kind of the bounds you know, these, these, this is the out-of-bounds line, out line and this is where we're going to do things and this is how we're going to de- design our story. People will come up with things and create conflict on their own. They'll find it.
0: Yep. And it sometimes it gives you a tighter structure.
3: Yeah. And you it's will find, you know, and, and if you don't have one, like you just said, you know, you can easily have another one.
1: Yep. And I, I think that kind of what we've brought with all of that together is that um gender is generally an intrinsic part of life uh, in both mm-hmm. modern society and history. But that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be the focus. Right. However, if it is important to you and you do want to talk about it, talk about it. And that's totally cool and totally okay.
2: I would like to say, this is a great um, way for me to say that I enjoy playing role playing games as a member of the opposite gender like i love playing Same. women I love playing dudes. <laughs> yeah i i oftentimes when i find myself making i don't get to play a pc very often and when i do i'm just always drawn to making a powerful woman like i just love that uh exploration um and it's not that i do it so my gm will hit me with any kind of gender issues it's just that If anything comes up, it's an opportunity for me to experience it from a different, you know, point of view than the one that I've been accustomed to my entire life. And I think I would like to talk about, this is something that I had in the outline. If any of you have advice for playing another gender respectfully, it could be the opposite gender or it could be a non-binary character or it could be uh, anything like that. Like, are there...
0: Gender not your own.
2: Yeah, any gender that is not your own. Are there any things that you would say to focus on or to um, like, again, I have in my notes here, um, you know, it'd be okay if I played a ditzy female, like if it was appropriate to the game we're playing, but Mm -hmm. I don't want to play every time I play, if it'd be a different, it'd be a problem if every time I played a female, I played a ditzy female Mm -hmm. and that's not something I'm often interested in doing, but, um. You know, how is it that you another
0: interesting thing is to say that a ditzy female can be a well-rounded, dynamic, interesting, fully actualized character. Absolutely. Just because yeah. she's ditzy and a woman doesn't mean she is right. not valuable, interesting, well-rounded, and dynamic. And that's a place where a lot of trouble comes from. Like if you're just playing a trope and your character is also flat. If you're playing a gendered trope and you are flat. Yeah. That is a problem. A, because yeah. it's boring. Black character boring as shit. Because
2: <laughs> I actually wrote down, too, I said, like, I can play a ditzy female just like it's okay for me to play a dumb idiot guy. You know what I mean? Like, yep. it's the same <laughs> thing, it's just that you need to make sure that that person is actualized. Like you said, like, that they, right. they have depth, that they're not just a 2D characterization of something that is offensive. And they have
0: value, they're people. Yeah, like. exactly,
2: yeah. Um, cause, and, and isn't that really what we're talking about is that The fact that we even have to have this conversation if if a rpg approached design in a way that made one gender better than the other you'd be like okay fuck this throw it in the trash right um but no matter what kind of character you make no matter how they identify they are a fully they should be a fully realized right person
0: person yeah
2: exactly sorry
0: my margaritas. Yeah, yeah, I do have, I as to your advice <laughs> question, I do have some input on this and it's from both the perspective of a role player and GM and a writer. So I actually see this a lot in writing. Um, I do, I have an MFA. I went through an MFA program. I've seen the writing of a lot of people. Um, and when you, like, unless you're writing a very, very weird and uh narrow narrative, you are writing characters of multiple genders. Mm-hmm. Super hard, to, or if you only have like one character, maybe otherwise, but like most people are writing characters of other genders and I've seen both genders and uh, other genders as well do it bad and do it well. Um, and just from reading different people's writing and seeing like, wow, this is a dude writing a woman. All of his women are terrible. All of his women are terrible. I've seen a, a dude right next to him. His women are fantastic. They're fine. And one of the key things that I see show up in the actual writing that determines this is a lot of the times when somebody is writing a gender not their own and they're doing it poorly, they are hyper focusing on the differences between
3: the yes. genders. Yep. Yep.
0: That's a huge pitfall. Gen. All genders are much more similar than they are different. Mm-hmm. They're important differences. There are differences. They are important. That's why people choose their identities because because uh, of the differences. But like, at their heart, they're people, and they're more similar than they yeah. are dissimilar. And they have
3: wants and emotions and. When yeah, the writing's bad they lose sight and- of
0: that sometimes yeah. in really weird ways they hyper focus on like boobs and what boobs are doing because they <laughs> literally don't understand like the physical dynamics of boobs and it's super it's super obtrusive and if like, you guys want to cool. lose your
1: if you guys want to lose your minds um over boobs um r slash men writing women <laughs> oh, <God>. is <laughs> one of the most <laughs> iconic subreddits on this planet and it never fails to amuse me the
2: fact that i have never heard of that is Oh, I've heard Ashamed. of the game. Oh Ashamed.
0: man, the things yeah. I've the things I've seen on there.
3: Uh, I've seen some to my, really
0: weird writing yeah. from from other authors who are not who are not men, and they're weirdly focused on what's going on with the balls. I'm like, I'm pretty sure neither men nor women think about their genitals and or secondary sex characteristics. As much as these characters do, this is Depends very. Depends on how weird. tight it's your like, pants are, guys. It's like the writers. <laughs> that's true, Troy. <laughs> that one time at trivia. God,
3: I'm just kidding, guys. I'm going no, to cut that rating. I'm to cut a, a lot of this.
0: Coming back to the center, my one of my main points is one of the first and best steps you can take to playing gender genders not your own well and respectfully is to remember that the center of your character is their goal, motivation, and conflict. Like everything comes back to this. Uh, Sometimes goal, motivation, conflict is influenced by gender. If you are, if you're somebody highly motivated to smash the patriarchy because of wrongs done to you because of your gender, it is gendered. But like, it's, that's a goal, motivation, conflict. Like come back to that. Um, You get into trouble where you think of people as genders first (laughs) before. Absolutely. People with a multitude of experiences, things that they actively want, flaws, things that they will do to get the things that they want. And it's also similarly to how gender
1: identity is important to some people and not important to others. It's similar to sometimes it's important to characters and sometimes it's not mm-hmm. important to them at all. Um, for example, um, during our Mothership one shot, I played Dr. Tuesday Hendricks, who was non-binary. And to them, that didn't fucking matter. They were into studying alien life and listening to heavy metal and nope. being punk rock as shit.
3: So and they, they were super cool. They were cool they were as fuck. They were rad. <laughs>
1: Uh, and that they didn't care about that, so it wasn't a big deal to them or playing them. And the only reason that people would even know they were non-binary is because I, you know, I exclusively use they/them pronouns, and also someone in chat asked. Uh, <laughs> but to them, gender was not a big part of their character.
0: Yeah,
3: or would it be probably in a far future science fiction setting? No. Right? Yeah, just it like comes. We yeah, about I to a lot,
0: actually. I see a lot of yeah. sci-fi's um, exploring mm. the kind of decentralization of gender like my favorite books ever Gideon the ninth Lock tomb trilogy like it, there's a ton of queer characters in that but like queerness is not it's like
3: central to the it plot. just is yeah. it's just a
0: thing like nobody cares about your gender or your your orientation it's still a thing that is this and still a thing that's part of you but like biology no longer has any relevance in reproduction and that's been a very interesting thing with gender in this it's, far future um, world
1: it's also another thing from again a writer's perspective i do not have amber's fancy degree i do have a little baby degree in writing though so <laughs> i can talk about this uh not it, it's similar to how not every queer book is a coming out book nor should they all mm-hmm. be
2: right
0: or, books... or or involves a queer romance like characters exactly. can just be queer and not be involved in a romance
1: exactly. that's also super cool to sometimes, see and super important to see sometimes characters are just queer and mm-hmm. that's fine.
0: And they are slaying dragons and saving the world. Like that's what they're doing. No one, no character, char-
1: I wouldn't say a character necessarily needs a justification to be a certain gender. Mm-hmm. They just kind of are.
3: Yeah. 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 If it's the um, character.
1: Yeah. And you can yeah. change it on the fly. Um, sure. For example, I have been running the Pathfinder Rise of the Runelords AP for two years now. And like 90% of the shopkeeps listed in Sandpoint are like human men. And I was like, ah, fuck that. So I just like swapped a bunch of them around. and like, them why are they all de- different? <laughs> different, Exactly, different genders and different species and, you know, different things. Because I was like, just make it, you know, g- give me some diversity and character. And I knew who
3: you were talking about right away, didn't I?
1: Ah, Voon. Voon yep. is my one of my favorite shopkeeps. They are uh, big air quotes for the audio listeners. Definitely not a
0: high fae, and uh, they don't give a single.
3: <laughs> oh wait, like oh, like hold on. Like a minute. Totally Let me write
1: that
2: Everyone. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're like.
1: Totally... Can I have
0: your attention? Yeah, what's up? Thank you. Walks away. Now owns your attention. Like... I love that. I saw
2: that. That was great.
0: <laughs> yeah, I saw that photograph on the internet. and in... I love it. <laughs>
2: that's that's a total fae trick for sure. Um, yep. actually speaking of your Pathfinder campaign and speaking of the thing that we always do in our Modified Roles episodes, I'd like to talk about games that we would like to highlight. I know we've talked about games, all of us actually have mentioned a game already, um, that talks about gender and does it in a way that we feel like is, um, on the right track. Uh, I will say that, uh, for all the issues pa- Paizo has been having recently, um, in their offices, I do feel like their products do strive to include NPCs of all genders. And I like that their iconics are, you know, in, in relationships and, and they're representing all different types of genders and uh, sexualities and things like that. Um, but are there any games that you guys would like to highlight as, uh, games that either specifically or codify things about gender or,
0: or vice versa, have interesting mechanics that are forcing based on gender. yeah, again,
2: like my sagas of the Icelanders yeah. or something like that, but um, yeah, if there's anything that you guys would like to pitch
0: Bluebeard's Bride, we played it obviously, Bluebeard's Bride, yes. the genre is feminine horror, yeah. and it specifically it's explores awesome. the horror of being a woman or female-bodied person, you could also work that into the game if you wanted to um, but the, and the playbooks are all they're all they're all feminine tropes. Like where I'd mentioned about the Icelandic ones where like there are gendered tropes that you see in these epics. These are feminine motifs, they're larger than tropes. Like the maiden, the matron and the crone, they exist almost in all cultures and have since the dawn of time. Like that's something that's just very, very human in a motif kind of way. Um, but the whole point of the game is to explore the horror of being a woman in the way that is inflicted on you by society, by yourself, um, by your body. And, uh, it's just, it's really, really awesome and it's really, really valuable. So, um, that is not a game that, that it's not a game that really empowers women in a way that you would think it's a game that wants you to experience the, um, position of being powerless. And, uh, that's where I, I want to like caution people against looking at something on the surface and not looking deeper at what it is trying to do. Because like, if I was like, Hey, there's this RPG and it's all about making women powerless. You'd be like, that's crap. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's written, designed, illustrated all by women because the value is in the experience of feeling that, thinking about it, deconstructing it, and applying it to the world around you and to yourself as a person growing from it. So there is valuable and terrible things. Um, and you can almost always tell. It's like It's like one of those many things where like, I can't give you the definition of something, but I can tell you when it is and when it is not. Like everybody just instinctively is. You can tell when a game was written by a sexist. racist and you can tell by looking at it when a game is written with sexism and racism in it Mm -hmm. because those things are meant to be explored, deconstructed, and seen for what they are in all of their horror and flaws. And there's value in that. So Blue is Bride, first one.
3: Yeah. Very gendered
0: feminine horror. Explore the experience of being a woman, whether you are a woman or are not. Men and non-binary people, folks of all genders can and should play games like this.
3: Yep. Absolutely.
0: Um Another game that I was thinking of, this is not something that necessarily does well or poorly. It's just interesting. And it's something that I'm sure happens in a lot of games. I've just only really seen a good example in this one. Is, is It's now really big, too. It's a series. Uh, the Wheel of Time has been made into a mm-hmm. Netflix series. It's super popular, kind of can't, canonical fantasy books. Excuse there me. is a role-playing game. Excuse
2: me. It's Amazon Prime. And as oh, one of the biggest... Amazon Prime. and Sorry. As, and as a massive Wheel of Time fan, uh, <laughs> for anybody listening... I will caution you not to even watch it. Uh, just don't. It's very It's not good. It is, like, I'm actually, I was hoping it was going to be an incredible show and do the series justice, and so far, season one, oh, boy, has that left a lot to be desired.
0: Uh. But yeah, the Wheel of Time RPG, that's a thing. Apparently it's very hard to get. (laughs) But um, as if you are a Wheel of Time person, you know that magic is pretty damn gendered in that game. And it's pretty gendered in a binary. And that's the thing that I want to point out here. Like a gendered magic system, anytime I see one, I'm like, oh, men can do this kind of magic. Women can do this kind of magic. The first question that pops into my head is like, what about trans people? What about non-binary people? And that's just so interesting to me because if it does exist in this world, you have some choices to make if those people also exist. For the record. Is it biology? Is it your soul? Like what, how will the world react to somebody using this magic who is presenting a certain way? That's super fucking interesting to me. And I wish it was addressed in the book itself, Mm. So, Uh, but it's not, but like go after that DMs and players. It's interesting or a potential answer. Like that's an answer you're going to have to come up with GMs for yourself. And mm -hmm. whatever you decide, it's going to make a statement about Gender. It's going to make a bold statement. It's a decision.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and you know know what? But there's no wrong answer. I like it. Like, talk to your players (laughs) and have that conversation. And honestly, allow them to do whatever. It'll be... That would be such a cool thing. Because actually, in the books, there's a really important thread where uh, people are dying. And nobody knows why. Because none of the women sense channeling. But everybody's clearly dying from some form of channeling. And there are no men in the colony. So how is nobody noticing this and it's because uh one of the evil forsaken has taken the form of a woman when they were reborn from the dark one and he infiltrated their ranks but he's channeling the male side of the power but he is presenting as a female you know what i mean like it's mm-hmm. yeah i do have a game that i've never played i downloaded it on a whim i think i got it as part of a humble bundle or it might have been one of the drive through rpg like charity bundles and i want to play it i think it's so cool it is called warbirds and it is actually just an anthology of freeform role-playing games where you where you inhabit a woman during World War Two. Um, and it is actually I believe they're based on true stories. And it's about groups of women who had very impactful uh yeah. roles during World War Two. And I think that's so cool because it's a modern uh modern game. You know that you are playing in a era in an era that has females uh and, and gender was but the modern- night witches is- Oh, Night Witches is another good one. Also World War II. Um, Yeah, so like if you want a more modern game that does take gender into account, but actually frames it in a way that you're a badass woman in the 1940s. Uh, Warbirds is a pretty interesting anthology. There are six different um, structured uh, role-playing games within it. And Night Witches, Christian, if you want to pitch Night
3: Witches, um, it's just, it's never played Night Witches, actually, but it's a Powered by the Apocalypse game, uh, where you play the Night Witches, who were these really, really awesome Soviet Soviet female bomber pilots. And the story behind that was that they were, you know, the Soviet Union uh, threw everything they could at the Germans when they were invading, but they, you know, they gave the women the shitty training planes. And we're like, you know, expected them all to die and didn't care. And we're like, you go, you go bomb these tanks. Uh, and so what they figured out was that they could fly in in the middle of the night, shutting the engines off. So the Germans wouldn't hear them coming. Dive bomb them. And then crawl out on the wing to restart the plane because it's like a biplane and pull out and fly home. Uh, and yeah, these they women were absolutely were amazing. Bad at-
0: <laughs> Whoa. Yeah.
3: They had, they also were the the snipers in Stalingrad. There are a lot of women snipers who had like ridiculous amounts of kills, like 300 or so. Yeah. Women are actually better shooters mechanically. Like that's proven in real life.
1: If this is the only cut that makes it in, this is my third fucking time trying to say this, but I'm here to talk about thirst to sword lesbians and I'm very fucking enthused about it. You can take my curse words to your goddamn grave. (laughs) Folks. Thirsty Sword Lesbians is a wonderful game of battling shit and friendship and love and all sorts of goodness. Uh, I've never played it, but God, I want to. It looks amazing. It is beautiful. And uh, throughout, there are are sections in the book that have, um, there's like basically a mini glossary that goes over different terminology that people may not be familiar with. Um, and it also within that explores, um, information about different gender identities and all of that. Um, and it is just a wonderful game. And one that, although it puts, uh, romantic and sexual orientation right at the forefront in the name, it does not do the same to gender, uh, which is very cool. You know, a lesbian is not necessarily a, you know, a cis woman. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Oh, so you can go so much further than that. Um, and the, the book addresses that directly. Um, and I think it's fantastic.
2: That is great. Ooh. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, that's such a good example of a game that um, was designed by people to just be as open as possible about talking about all types of gender and sexuality identities like everything you can imagine and they just say it doesn't matter like it, the, the important thing is the story For actually
0: it's celebratory i would describe lesbians as a celebratory of different that's uh, true. identities yeah. so which is really cool it's like these are cool things about this yeah
2: yes that's a good point very important distinction how yep. important mm. those differences are in-
1: it's like hey this is real and this is awesome and it's fucking mm.
0: rad yeah like- yeah
1: <laughs> And also the 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 classes are all very unique and very interesting. Uh, stare at the book for a million
0: hours. The art is like really cool. Oh too. my like, god! Flip through this book, even if you don't ever play it. Like the art is it's phenomenal. Mm, well, and
2: do they do like their their Kickstarter was so incredible. Like they have so many different. Um, I don't want to say genres within it, but like uh, settings and different types of like ways yes. to approach storytelling.
1: Yep. they talk i believe that the book has multiple settings within it just like information on different settings
2: i believe so
0: too
1: i have not looked through the whole book because i am a bad person but good (laughs) golly we
0: had to give it away to cataloging so we can get it into the system so we had to like physically let it go at one point it was very hard it really hurt (laughs) but the book will return and we will have it again
2: well uh, again Guys, this is what we're here for. Uh thank you for tuning in to another episode of Modified Roles from DMs After Dark. We will get to every single one of these games we eventually talk about in these episodes and in our series um because that's just Or we what will
0: die trying that's in right. nursing homes of old age. Old you'll, age. Be <laughs> you'll
2: be listening first. Yeah, you be listening to Christian. Uh we'll have to edit his uh we'll cha- just here. channel me in. You
3: can
0: just here a nurse. Christian, it's time for your meds. Oh god, damn it. Not now.
2: I'm window, D&D.
0: We'll
2: <laughs> oh shit. Oh, should I drop the dice? Can you pick that up for me?
0: Oh God. Just dice in your pill bo- and your pill organizers. <laughs> but
1: speaking, speaking of, uh, all these games that we're going to play, uh, <laughs> it's time for my favorite segment. Sarah talks about good society again. Yeah, go because ahead, Sarah. That's the next game we're playing. Ooh, on D&D. Yes. And I'm so excited. I I love this game with my heart and soul, and I'm so, so very excited to run it for these big old nerds. Uh, I have played it with everyone except Rainy, so oh. this will be his first time getting to experience it. Uh, and depending on how things go, I might be showcasing the feature of how it will go with the facilitator
0: also playing a character. So Ooh, we'll yeah. see how that goes. As an episode by itself, like GM- pieces
3: <laughs> or mm-hmm. you know like yeah oh, I've di- uh,
0: divided on
1: that <laughs> yeah. uh but yeah it is it is very good and I will talk about my experience with that when we play so that's my little plug for us yeah
3: but that's going to be I think the 14th right is that what we're saying that we're starting that it
1: is going to be on Uh, Yep, Friday, January 14th. We are taking a little. this is how we
0: spend Valentine's Day. (laughs) Well, that was the point of me scheduling it there with our true love. That's
3: February. RPGs. (laughs) That's February (laughs) 14th. (laughs) When we're we're playing Monster Hearts. (laughs)
0: Oh, February. Sorry. January. (laughs) Or Monster Monster Hearts.
3: Whatever. We're doing Monster Hearts for Valentine's. Valentine's.
1: Well, so so the last episode of Good Society will fall on February
3: 11th. Oh, okay. So close. Possibly. I mean, we don't have to like it. So what you're saying is someone's getting laid.
0: Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. Look, look. If- At the very least, someone will go fuck themselves.
1: <laughs> 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 okay. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Modified Roles. We all love you very much for listening, and we appreciate you greatly. We are on every social media worth their salt and worth their pepper on DMs After Dark. If you would like to reach out to us one-on-one, we also have an email at dmsafterdark at gmail.com. Come check out our streams every other Friday, except for some Fridays when there are holidays at Twitch. Nope.
2: Take it come again, check Sarah. Us. Third time. Come,
1: come, come check us out every other Friday at twitch.tv. <laughs> <laughs> good night, come
3: everybody. Check us out every other Friday at
1: twitch.tv slash DMZo to Dark. I have once again defeated myself. We love you all so, so much. Thank you and good night. Do better than me.
2: I didn't want to say it in the middle of a podcast, but that's exactly why I play female RPG characters so I can pretend I have
0: the Just think about what boobs are doing. <laughs>
1: Alright, is, is Rainy 3 Margarita Zen talking about titties not having a good
2: time? <laughs> I don't think it's what I want on the internet, to be honest.
1: <laughs> this is our intro, you guys! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: fuck whatever we wrote before, I'm just gonna pitch in the I play females to think about boobies. <laughs> <laughs>
1: On, the buzzer on the end. Oh
3: man. Movies. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs>